0: Welcome to a very special edition of the Hoop Form NBA podcast. As always, I'm Ben Sleicherman. and today I'm here with none other than calling our shot. Uh, He's a titan in the world of sports betting, and if you're not privy to him yet, you're about to be. Uh, COS, welcome to the show. I'm excited to have you on to discuss this uh, mega industry, more specifically the NBA's part in that. But before all that, I want to kind of give you a chance to not only introduce yourself, Uh, But let us know where we can follow your work. Also give a glimpse into where uh, sports fandom kind of all started for you and how it led you to the sports gambling industry.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I appreciate you for having me. So, like you said, my name's Colin Shot. I also go by Austin. So, um, yeah, it's been a, a, if you don't know who I am, um, I do sports betting picks for basically any sport, you name it football, basketball, baseball. We got it all on Colin Shot. It's whether it's on YouTube or you want to follow us on Twitter, TikTok, all those things, Instagram, all that. Colin shot. try to do daily videos almost. 365 days a year, which is crazy to say, but as I don't get a lot of days off, I look forward to all star breaks every (laughs) every single year. But um, yeah, so that's what I've been doing, and I kind of got into sports. My dad made me play a ton of sports as a child, and that's kind of what gave me a passion to, uh, to. to just watch and always, you know, try to learn more and more about them. But I knew based on, you know, my frame, a six foot guy, I was never going to go pro in any sport. So I've always been a nerd about statistics and stuff. So I, I went to school for statistics and slowly but surely I started to fall in love with the sports and the statistics and the mesh of both of those things. And that's kind of what led to me starting to give out picks. And it's slowly, you know, we're, we're snowballed into what it is today with us having such a huge platform, being so blessed to have so many loyal fans that just watch our stuff every single day and just. Enjoy coming and interacting with us. So that kind of is the nutshell about calling our shot. And uh, yeah, that's about basically who I am.
0: Yeah, that's awesome, man. I uh, really have enjoyed uh, following your page. Um, the picks are spot on. I saw you're on a, a 16 pick streak right now. I believe as long as that's still not broken, so you were kind of riding the wave right there. So yeah, we just lost one yesterday, but 17 out of our last 18 is. I think that's that's all right. <laughs> I can live with that. That's clean as hell, man, for sure. So definitely stay tapped into this guy's work. He's, he's very impressive. Let's hop into the ladder challenge. I'll let you kind of explain what that is and how it's grown to be, uh, you know, very successful and very popular. Yeah, so back, I believe,
1: last January, I've seen a ton of people do this ladder challenge where you start with $10. And if you win your first pick, you then would have $20, give or take. And then just keep reinvesting the money. So, where if you had 10 straight picks, you would turn, you know, 10 to 20, then to 40, then to 80, and then get all the way to $10,000. And so, I've seen other people do it. I've actually seen some people complete it. And I was just like, you know what? We were so far into the NBA season. I was like, we'll just try something new. It's not like it's 10 bucks, it's just for fun. And then, one of our first attempts, I think it was our second attempt. Technically we got all the way to day nine and that's kind of what sprung the channel into like the national mainstream. I mean, there were so many people on it. Like it was, it was ridiculous. And so we got all the way to day nine, which was painful to lose a $2,500 bet on a $10, uh, that started out as $10 because $10, is not a lot, 2,500, uh, it's a little bit more meaningful. But after that run, we, uh, I think the very next day I started it back up and I got all the way up to day six, which is kind of what really people started tailing that was so that start. And yeah, it's just, it's been kind of crazy. I, I just started it back up in the NBA. It's something I, I really enjoy. It, it's what's cool is it brings together so many people now, the negative side of that is that whenever it loses, which is bound to happen, because hitting 10 straight is next to impossible, then all the people come out, the word works kind of attacking me. But that's kind of what you sign up for when you're in this industry. And so I just enjoy doing it. Um, hopefully this NBA season, we will get it done. I'm confident we will. Been a day nine before.
0: I'm confident we can get there again and hopefully finish the deal this time. To that point, I mean, since everything's getting pretty successful and popular for you now, you did crack into, you know, the mainstream with the ladder challenge and everything that really put you on the map there. Uh, How do you, you know, deal with all the toxic gamblers on X there uh, with their vitriol that they probably spew at you uh, if things don't go their way, et cetera, et cetera? Yeah, it it can be tough
1: and especially tough because people are always asking, you know, for for my tips. A lot lot of people want to be in this industry, but it's not for the, you know, the faint of heart because my DMs go absolutely crazy when anything hits. But if something doesn't it, God forbid, man, those DMs are brutal. But. You know, it's just it's all in the fun of things. Luckily, I've built such a, a good like base of a community that I have a ton of loyal supporters. People, you know, that always got my back. And they see someone attacking, they'll just go out there and, and attack them right back, kind of thing. Which I'm very, you know, a lot of people aren't fortunate to have that. But it's definitely struggles. I mean, it can be it can it can take a toll on your mental health, uh, depending on the day. And you know, when we when we potentially do the ladder challenge or lose a couple in a row, those can be because it'll be heartbreaking. And you know, I just try to keep a positive mindset. I mean, we we do our best. Betting picks, so I'm always going to have bad days. Always going to have good days. I'm obviously in this in the stretch of a lot of good days, but I started. I mean, people might forget, you know. I started this NBA season 0 and six, and the amount of people that came at my head 0 and six the first two days was ridiculous. Like I was getting DMs nonstop stop telling me to go get a, a normal job and stuff like that. And then I rattled off 16 straight and then those people can quietly, you know, go quiet. And then they also become supporters. So that's just kind of how it works. Again, you have to trust your work, honestly. And I trust that the ladder challenge, you know, it's a lot of fun. I'm trusting that we'll get there one day. And even in those runs where we made it to day nine, I know people that cashed out and took their, you know, 2,500 bucks or took, you mm-hmm. know, 500 bucks off $10. And that was that was cool to know that we made a lot of people some money just off a $10 thing. But yeah,
0: definitely the hate can get to you. It's not, not for the faint of heart if you're not into it. Yeah. I feel like that industry gets pretty intense, man. I mean, there's just a lot of money on the line. So I get it. There's a lot of emotions and definitely probably tough to navigate at times. All right. So I wanted to kind of just throw a couple questions at you here. What was the most like riskiest bet you ever placed that turned out to be lucrative? Uh, that you didn't expect to, you know, really go the way that it did?
1: Oh, um, that's a tricky one. Riskiest bet that I ever placed that, I, you know, I've taken some first touchdown scores, which those are always, uh, always sketchy taking a first touchdown score, especially in the NFL. I think one of my riskiest bets I did was I used to do some arbitrage betting, which if people don't know what that is, uh, that's where you kind of bet you have a bunch of different sports books and you take like the over, of one book, you take the under on another book, and you guarantee profit. Well, one time I did a pick. I placed the under on one guy, or I placed the under, I believe, on one guy. Let me think. I placed the over on on PJ Tucker, his over in points at three and a half, and I went to take the under, and the under market closed, so I ended up stuck with like a lot of money on his over in points. And luckily for me, PJ Tucker scored early on in the game, and I was able to hedge and fade it, fade his you know live bet. And it was a such to where if he scored four points, not only would I cash my over that I placed earlier on in the day, I also cashed the under. So I ended up being like a double winner, which was super sweaty because I had way too much money on his over. And I would never take a PJ Tucker over without, you know, without, without you some drinks in me, it, but yeah. it, was, it. it was squeaky. And then the same sort of thing, uh, I was doing some arbitrage betting and I misread some of the things to place. And it was on, I think, Russian hockey or Switzerland hockey, something crazy <laughs> like that in the middle of summer. And I placed some, some bets that I had a lot of money on them. I thought I, you know, hedged them right, but I did not. And so it ended up having like over a couple thousand bucks on some Russian hockey that I couldn't even watch. And right. they ended up hitting, but boy, was, those were too sweaty. Those were probably in the span of a month. And so that take a couple, that took a couple of years off my life. Those are probably my, my, maybe
0: my riskiest ones I've done. I can't imagine being in a situation where I'm sweating because there's a Russian hockey game going on. Oh, it was I don't nuts. No, and I don't know <laughs> what what the outcome's going to be. And I got money on the line. That's that's a tricky situation for sure. In terms of the NBA side of the betting, I mean, what's your, what's your current kind of view of the landscape of the league here now that we're like a weekend, the dust has kind of settled. Are things kind of going as you expected? Also, another kind of question to follow up with that. In terms of how you're like, you know, tracking everything daily, what are you tapping into for like stats? Are you going into like advanced stats or that type of thing? Um, What are you looking at in terms of how you determine your picks?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's super hard to judge a team based off three or four games. Um, There are some teams that I expect to be a little bit better out the gates. some that, you know, obviously haven't looked as great. Um, I mean, notably like the Grizzlies, a team that started 0 for 4. We'll see if they win. Maybe go to one for one and four tonight, but still, that, that's a team that I still have higher hopes for. They just don't think they're an O and four team. But there's also teams, you know, that like the Mavericks are three and zero, and I don't think that's a three and zero team. So it's kind of hard right. to not not jump into like, oh, this is uh, this team looks legit. Now, I mean, there obviously are teams that you know will be good, like the Nuggets being undefeated right now. That's not a surprise. Celtics being good, not a surprise either. But it's still, you know, I, I try to take it with a grain of salt because the NBA season's so long, and one injury could really. Changed the whole trajectory trajectory of a season. Uh, so, you know, I just kind of take every every week and just kind of reassess it. But as for, you know. Stats and websites that I love, NBA advanced stats, I spend a lot of time on that, just looking at rebounds and assists and how teams defend certain things. And like I said, I'm a stats nerd, so I'm all in for for all those stats, which is why I kind of like baseball, too, because there's way too many statistics for baseball. Honestly, baseball has too many stats, whereas NBA, I feel like, <laughs> has the has the right amount where it's like, all right, this is a lot for a nerd like me, but
0: it's not too much to really overwhelm me. Yeah, that's interesting. And then like in terms of like the Grizzlies and the Mavs, I mean, that was a great point because this is like the season for overreactions. It's that time of the year. It's the start of the start of the NBA calendar. So everyone gets a little hot with the takes. I myself am guilty uh, on recent podcasts for doing that in terms of the Grizzly, you know, they got jaw for another 25 games. So like you said, you don't expect them to continue to be this rough. And then like the Mavs, I mean, they're so volatile. Yeah, they're starting off hot right now, but quite honestly, I did not expect them to start the way they are <laughs> right now. And I think that could change at any moment for them just with the, the weird dynamic between Luca and Kyrie. So for me, I'm just like, you know, I'm trying to keep a level head with most, most of my takes and everything, but it, it is easy to, it is easy to overreact. So you have to remember that. So you don't get to that point. So.
1: Yeah, definitely a lot of people are going to overreact and well, like the Mavs, they haven't had the strongest strength of schedule. I mean, I went to their first game against the Spurs on the road. That was a pretty cool game to attend for when Banyama's first game. But other than that, Brooklyn, not the best team. Memphis, like we already talked, about, they played them. So three games in, not the greatest competition. We'll, We'll see. I think they get Denver on Friday, so we'll see how they play then. But you know it's it's just three games three games four games in. it's so hard to overreact there's some teams that start off really hot and then they absolutely just go go nowhere and they stink so you know it is what it is i mean we know teams that are going to be bad aka the blazers the wizards those teams stink but other than that you know you can't really
0: judge one of these teams that has been really good or really bad out the gate that we know has a lot of talent there yeah and then i mean you just got teams like too like the miami heat like the regular season doesn't actually matter to them. All they care is that they make yeah. it there to the postseason, and then they're going to grind. and I'm not saying that they're guaranteed to to do what they've been doing now for basically the last five years, but that's kind of their M O. and it's been working. So I don't expect them to really come out of the gate swinging either in the regular season. There, so you have those teams with that type of identity as well, where it's simply look this 82 game stretch, really eight months to us we're we're in it for <laughs> we're in it for that trophy and that gold. So. Yeah. And there's, yeah,
1: like you said, the Heat the Heat are one of those exact examples. They'll rest their guys. They don't care. They're, they're just trying to make the playoffs and they'll take their squad against anyone. Whereas
0: other teams really just want to make the playoffs. The Heat are pretty confident they'll be there. Yeah, absolutely. So from that, maybe wanted to throw some uh, quick hitters at you. Uh, I love sleeper picks, man. I love a good underdog story. So right now, when you're looking at long, the long game here into the end of the season, who would you be looking at for like a sleeper pick for like MVP?
1: Oh, MVP is a is a tricky one. I was just about to pull up the odds to see what MVP looked like. Feels like MVP is so difficult to to kind of find a true winner there. Um, Get based on you kind of know who's going to be at the top. Right. I feel right, like MVP is such a hard. Like I feel like it's Luka Jokic or Tatum this year. It, I, I mean Embiid's not winning a back-to-back. I just don't think that happens. So I think it's one of those three. Like I'd love to give you a plus 5,000 guy, but like De'Aaron Fox, who's injured right now, he's not winning. Anthony Edwards, he doesn't do enough in terms of like assisting and rebounding to get it when you have a guy like Jokic that will average you know, 25, 12, and 9. Same thing for Luka. So I think there's more uh, There's more opportunities in the um, in the NBA Finals uh, who wins that? And I'll dive into a team that I, I have a sleeper. Uh, I, I placed some money on them. It's going to be the uh, I really like the Pelicans to win this to win the NBA championship. Wow! Now, I'm not saying they do because they're plus nearly five thousand on FanDuel yep. right now. I don't know where the rest of the books are at, but this is a team. I mean, last year pre injuries they were mm-hmm. up at the top of the Western Conference. They're you know two and one to start this season, but I really like their squad. Now I am a Zion. Uh, Lover, so I, I, I am a little uh, biased here. I do really like Zion, but I just think this team is really, really talented with CJ McCollum, Brandon Ingram, and Zion plus Herb Jones, a really good defender. I think they got a chance against anyone out there. I think it comes down to Jonas Valanciunas and that and Larry Nance Jr. Those guys being able to play defensively, but outside of those guys, they got a bunch of young guys off the bench that are injured right now, so they're not yep. you know at full strength. Even Brandon Ingram's injured right now, but this is a team I think wins. 45, probably more than that, 50 something games. And I could see them being a problem. I mean, it's going to be hard to take out a team like Nuggets, who are so good, but yes, outside of the Nuggets, I don't really see a team that I'm like, oh, I'd be scared if I were the Pelicans. The Pelicans are fully healthy with Zion coming down their lane. He can get anyone into foul trouble. I think they're a serious threat, assuming they stay healthy. Obviously, you know, health is is the number one thing, and that honestly dictates a lot of wins the NBA finals, but Pelicans are my dark horse at plus 5,000. I, I, I could see worse. I've placed worse bets than that at plus 5,000.
0: Me and my co-host were just recently gassing up the Nuggets on our show. And for good reason. I mean, they're coming off of a championship run where they were absolutely dominant. And Jokic is a clear, the, the, the best player in the world, in my opinion. So it's not even really a, a, a hot take by any means, but it seems to be that it is Nuggets versus the field. I mean, after the Nuggets, it's kind of a shit show in terms of who could make and it in the West, for sure.
1: I mean, the yeah. West is a disaster after that. That's why I think the Pelicans, like, they could get in there just because they could maybe even get up to, like, a two or three seed. But, yeah, yeah I mean, the, the Nuggets are so good. Jokic is so overpowered. If something were to happen in their lineup and they suffered some injuries, it might be tough, which always can happen because they don't really have a lot of depth like they had last year. I mean, Reggie Jackson and Kristen Braun – Pelicans are going through the injuries. Obviously, if Zion gets injured, they're not, they are not—they don't have a chance. He's mm-hmm. arguably their biggest difference maker. Maybe not their best player, but he, he provides them that really no, no other team knows how to defend that and have to defend everyone else.
0: Yeah, every time that dude steps on an NBA court, man, he's like literally setting records. It's actually insane. <laughs> he's crazy. That's why I need him to stay healthy. He's one of my favorite guys. Yeah, it's impressive for sure. It's been, a, been been kind of disappointing with the way way things have gone for him. So you got the the Pelicans and the Pacers there. In terms of the Pacers, I do. And that is fun because, man, there was that stretch before Halliburton really started getting dinged up last season where him and Matherin were grabbing like 30-point-plus games like it was nobody's business, man. It was like back-to-back. Back, uh, and they had some big wins against the Celtics. I think they grabbed a couple of wins against the Celtics on that run, a few others as well. Uh, so they were competing at a very high level. I've been high on them coming into this season, I think, as a lot of people have been. Halliburton's a hell of a talent. That jumper, man, it's not really pretty, but it is splish, splash, man. It's it's wet. Yeah,
1: the jumper's not the greatest form, but it doesn't matter if it goes in. And I really like the Pacers. They're a fun team to watch. Halliburton, one of my favorite guys to bet on, usually. The books have caught up to him, recently, as of the last, you know, end of last year and this year too. But he's still super fun to watch. And that's just a team that, they might not. I don't know if they win a ton of games. They maybe make the play in, but I think they're a fun team that's just exciting to watch them. I just don't think they have
0: the the talent to beat a team like the Celtics so they actually played tonight. But they're down Halliburton too. Yeah, it's, it's going to be an exciting season, man. It's a long haul. Uh, hopefully we'll be able to maybe tap back in with you as the season goes on. I know you're probably a busy man, but we'd love to have you back on and, and discuss everything as the season keeps progressing here and see how uh, the, the face of the league might be shaking up. You know, James Harden just dropping in L.A. here. So that's going to be exciting as well. Uh, so we'd love to have you back on, man, if you get the chance, uh, but thanks for coming on today. Uh, if you want to throw everyone again, where they can find your work. And then we do have a little uh, segment we always do at the end of the show called one more take, where we, uh, always throw out one last take and we just let it go into the ether and we cut it right there. So if you want to do that for us as well, that would be great.
1: All right. Yeah. I appreciate you. Like I said, my name's Austin from calling our shot. You can find all our stuff at calling our shot, whether it's on X or Twitter, whatever you want to call it, but I'm biggest on YouTube. I would say plus TikTok and Instagram and any other platform. You should be able to find me if you just type in calling our shot, um, a hot take though, to wrap up the, wrap up the pod. Hmm. That is, that's a tough one. Uh, I feel like I gave out some good hot takes here. Do you have a hot take that I can uh, piggyback off of?
0: Yeah, that's fair. I'll throw it out there. Um, I think Giannis finds a way to get the MVP.
1: Okay, I mean, I, I I can dig that. Giannis is he's he's awesome. I I can support that. Um, all right, I'm going to go with. Hmm, this is so tricky. Being only three days in. Um. Oh, man, you're putting me on the spot. I don't love giving out hot takes. Um, I think we see. uh, I think the finals, you get the Bucks versus Nuggets. I'm going to stay with you on Giannis. I think he has a great shot. I think they're too good. Bucks, Nuggets, I think is the finals. I don't know what value that is. I know that's pretty square. It's not a hot take at all, but I think it's the
0: finals. So lock that in. Hey, it hey, doesn't have to necessarily be a hot take. You just got to throw one more out there. You just got to throw one last take. So it works. It's in there. It's clean. <laughs> All right, man. We appreciate you. Uh, we will talk to you again. I'll see you, everybody. Thanks. Thank you.